Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I want to grab another beer. Me too. Want to grab? Just leave yeah. it ready. Okay. <laughs> I can, yeah, that's not. I like this one. I don't think that one was what would be for you. <laughs> I like a, this one too. It's a little, little stronger than yeah. the other one. But this is the kind of IPA that I'm off right now. Yeah. It's too just, much. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's not. I just got so burned out of them. I think I would probably start the night with this, but. Yeah. Oh, so well. here's the interesting thing about IPAs, my, mm. my experience with IPAs. So. <laughs> Get back into it. <laughs> We're just going to jump back into <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so. When I first started, like, really getting into craft beer, mm -hmm. um, this was, like, 2000 – it was probably right after we graduated. So, like, 2009, yeah, 2010, you're doing, something like uh, that. What, the app? What was it? Yeah, the Untapped yeah, and stuff like uh -huh. that. But, so yeah, yeah, so I was, like, really starting to, like, enjoy craft beer. And I used to go out with my coworkers a lot, and we'd go to different breweries. And this was when the scene was kind of really starting to blow up in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember we used to go out, and nobody would ever – get the ipas and i was always like i love ipas like these are i just i think they're so interesting and mm -hmm. like you know i'd always like try the ipas and uh and everyone was like they taste like pine cones it's like really gross <laughs> and i don't like them and it's then like, like what people said about gin yeah and then yeah that's exactly it's so funny because we used to do like everyone somebody would go to like craft cocktails or something like that and nobody wanted to get gin and they were like they taste like flowers <laughs> and i'm like okay and i was like yeah gin's, gin's fine it wasn't my favorite but mm -hmm. um but then fast forward to like you know now or even just like a few years ago like all of a sudden ipas are just that's it that's it that's yeah. all you can find anymore is ipas and that's huh. not to be a hipster or anything because i'm not saying it's like, no longer hip yeah it's normal well, yeah and i'm not saying like i'm like was on the cutting edge because i don't think i was on the cutting edge but you I just, could have been it was just really that's interesting fine. to feel to to see that swing of like nobody seemed to be interested in them yeah and now like it's all i can find at i the wonder or I guess more importantly, I wonder what people were drinking before because I mentioned gin because I often have this conversation when I go to a cocktail bar. No one likes gin except for me. Um, but in, in college, I think I exclusively drank vodka yeah. or, you know, yeah, vodka-based drinks, mm -hmm. you know, vodka with whatever, lemonade yeah. and all that crap. Um, UV blue and lemonade. <laughs> 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 and it got to the point after four years where you're just like sick of vodka, anything yeah. but vodka. And I had a really bad taste of, in my mouth from like whiskey at mm -hmm. one point. So that kind of brought in and rum just as instant hangover. So that brought me over to gin, which is like vodka's cousin. Yeah. And since it's clear and it has it's like same, 
I don't know, same kick to it. Yeah. But where vodka, like the the more you know expensive vodka you get, the closer you get to water in yeah. terms of flavor. <laughs> right. And, but with gin, it's like it has that character, mm-hmm. you know. At first, maybe it might seem like it's pine salt, but yeah. <laughs> then, you know, after a while, it you kind of discern more tastes from it, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think of, like, IPAs like that. Like, if you were drinking Budweiser, yeah. then, you know, an IPA at first might be like, wow, yeah. it's just like a punch in Way the face. Much, yeah. But I, I guess it's, I assume people like IPAs because it is such a drastic like wow beer is way more interesting now Mm -hmm. i mean that's kind of the reason why i like you know stouts and and like those other kind of you know darker beers get into dark beers so i mean that's bitter i guess yeah but it's kind of like the same thing right it's just so different from what we as americans knew as beer for the longest time which was you know budweiser and and that kind of stuff right. watered watered down lagers pbr <laughs> yeah exactly um not that i don't like a nice pbr no, i mean i love Bud mexican or, beers now yes yeah, all of the corona and all that they're very light mm-hmm. that's like my daytime drinking <laughs> and then ipa is like evening drinking yeah i i've been really um i really like german style beers german and belgians are like my favorite mm-hmm. styles right now um just i don't know they just have there's something about like the history of like a German Pilsner or a Pilsners or or okay. uh, um or a, a Bach or a um, yeah or even like even their lagers the German lagers are really good um and hmm. so yeah I I but it was funny I was we were watching a movie the other day I don't remember what it was and it was British uh I don't remember if it was a British movie or they just were in England or whatever but mm-hmm. they uh, they poured like a pint and it was like you know that that like classic kind of like amber colored like yeah. british pint and i'm like yeah. oh i want one of those <laughs> it oh, just man. looks so good <laughs> it's so cool I, when i was in in london there's this uh we made sure to hit up one of the oldest uh standing pubs mm-hmm. i mean in terms of standing technically it had been burnt down a couple times <laughs> but it had a basement business, and the so, basement yeah. had been intact okay. since like i don't know four or five hundred years ago That's crazy. so we went down to the basement and it had a beer in this you know, 500 year old pub. <laughs> and uh, a, f- a funny thing about that in a lot of places in England is you have like two or three options. And it's yeah. like, do you want the light one or the dark one? Right. Yeah. And there's this one, what, the oldest bar in New York, I forget what the name is, um, but uh, they do the same thing. Um, you, you ask for a pint and they say light or dark, mm-hmm. and, and that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think we can get, uh, this is going to be another little tangent, but I think sometimes we get too. Uh, wrapped up with choice in in our in this country i don't mm-hmm. maybe this is true in other countries as well but probably started um, in this country yeah <laughs> but um if i find it really interesting so we uh, do our grocery shopping now at aldi um which is like a um, discount grocery store i don't know i don't know budget grocery store i don't know what you'd call it hmm. but um but what what i found interesting about it is compared to meyer which is our Meyer would be our like large group. It's like the Walmart of mm-hmm. our of the Midwest. Mega basically. store. So kinda. if you don't know what Meyer is, it's just they like don't. Walmart basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, but w- what we found is interesting is like so if you go to Meyer or Walmart or whatever, you know you've got you've got if you want ketchup, you've got five different brands of ketchup right mm-hmm. or if you want to get um if you want to get like macaroni and cheese, there's yeah. a bunch of different brands of macaroni and cheese, right? So Aldi is just like there's just if you want ketchup you just get the ketchup that they have right or maybe they have like aldi ketchup and heinz yeah they don't even usually have that it's usually just it's just it's i think it actually is heinz but it's just one 
choice. You yeah. have you have the ketchup. So what we found was really nice is when we do our grocery shopping now, it's really easy. You know, you make your grocery list and there's no choices. Like if I want to get pickles, we just go grab the pickles, right? You don't have to think about like what brand you're getting. You don't yeah. have to compare prices. You just grab what you need and you just leave. I'm yeah. assuming that's probably the same way when you do your shopping I'm, in New York because I'm laughing because I'm the opposite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um I I appreciate it when there's something on my list like broccoli where I don't uh-huh. have to make a choice. Although usually there's like the organic and the yeah. regular broccoli, I just get whatever's cheaper. But then like just the other day I was looking like tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. You've got your flavors, right? You've got the the basil tomato sauce. You've got the um, the what's it called fra di volo spicy <laughs> tomato yeah. sauce. You've got the grandma's to- whatever yeah. and and um. So there's like eight of those, and that's one brand. Mm-hmm. And you've got another shelf with like those same eight <laughs> by another brand. Yeah. And then down at the bottom, you have like the cans of just yeah. like the plain stuff. So when it comes to stuff like that, I just look for like the cheapest option. Sure. But then, you know, when it comes to like beer, yeah. Like I was, <laughs> I couldn't decide. So I got all these different kinds yeah. of beers. Which is this nice. is from my, from the corner deli that we mm-hmm. have that's open 24 hours. Um, not even like a, Whole Foods or a, a big right. grocery store, even. Yeah. And they have, you know, k- 10 times as more. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's overwhelming. It's stressful. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily, w- it's weird. I don't want to be presented with that much choice. Mm-hmm. But then once in a while, I seek out more of that. Yeah. So, like, I was going to get um, groceries before I came here. And we went to the bigger grocery store down the street, but they have a shitty beer selection. So I made another stop at this place because of the selection. Um, but uh, what was it? Oh, when I when I was I, I laughed at myself and thought, what a New York asshole I am <laughs> at the at the deli. When I, when I was checking out, I also wanted to grab some some coffee drinks for the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I went up to like the coffee section and they had like Grady's cold brew which is great with like the chicory sweet and (laughs) (laughs) and then they have like um forget the other brands but they didn't have blue bottle and I was like there's no blue bottle (laughs) (laughs) and then I was like wow what an ass (laughs) so entitled jeez (laughs) yeah um so I grabbed the La Colombe uh, yeah. draft latte. It's very okay. nice. And then, and then even that. I, was, <laughs> I don't know what any of these are. <laughs> <laughs> and even that, I was like, uh, wow, I'm surprised they had that here. Okay. And um, the conclusion of this tangent is <laughs> on my road trip, I stopped at like a Sheets or something. Yeah. One of those like oh, man. Do places. you remember? Okay. Do you remember when we drove to New York uh, in college and we, were, and we uh-huh. went past? Did we go past Sheets? I don't, I feel I don't like remember what it was. Maybe this was Annie and I when we were driving to your wedding. I didn't we, discover sheets really until I went to North Carolina with okay. my wife. Maybe this was when Annie and I, Annie and I were uh-huh. driving. I think it was Annie and I driving to um, to your wedding, and we had never experienced a sheets before. Yeah. And I remember the first time we pulled in, we were like, sheets? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's a ridiculous name. It is a ridiculous yeah, name. Like, why would you? <laughs> Sorry for anyone who lives sheets, in the south. Yeah, I, I don't know. Where southern you, southern it was in Pennsylvania, wherever okay. I was. Yeah. And um, I pulled over there, of all places, because I know that they have, like, hot food. You can get, like, mac and cheese or whatever. Mm. Um, And I wanted lunch. Long story short, (laughs) uh, sorry to get back on topic. (laughs) (laughs) 
they had a La Colombe draft latte there. Wow. And I was like, whoa, these sophisticated Appalachian <laughs> sheets people have got some La Colombe draft latte. Uh, draft latte, by the way, is when you have, it's a, it's a, uh, like a nitro latte. So it's okay. a little foamy, frothy. Okay. And they've managed to can this. So when you crack open the can, it's like a cold, an iced latte, but it's, it's frothy. Okay. Interesting. And it's consistency. It's, right. it's good. I yeah, it's better than, than like, you know, like the star the Starbucks Frappuccino yeah, uh, in the glass bottles. Fine, and, but, yeah. Huh. So, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was talking about, I, but I, I, I have some obscure tastes at this <laughs> point. You know, you leave yeah. me in New York for, what, seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it, um, it's an interesting thing cause we, as, um, because we've, you know, got a family and stuff like that. It's just, it's so much easier for us to just not have to make those decisions um so like you know when we go grocery shopping the fact that it only takes us a half an hour to go grocery shopping Mm -hmm. for an entire weeks of groceries is a huge time savings for us you know because it used to be like you know you go to when we used to go to meyer it was like an hour hour and a half to do a grocery shopping Mm because it's just like you know you go down every single aisle and it's like yeah just so many choices back back to my (laughs) idea i should you know really splice in my meta podcast example so another (laughs) podcast this is getting really deep cut for some people. Um, I'm sure no one listens to this, but the uh, You Need a Budget podcast, oh, YNAB. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, so, but I use the software. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, I, I follow the podcast because every episode is like five to eight minutes mm-hmm. max. So it's just a little snippet of like, oh, here's some handy advice. Yeah. Um, he said sometimes it's not about making the budget as small as possible. And like if you set like groceries three hundred dollars a month and then you beat yourself up because you never stay in that budget yeah. every month or whatever um then you need to adjust yeah. and then he said another thing is like in his family his wife does all the grocery shopping and she would always she would dread going to the grocery store and she'd be pretty stressed out when she came home and he was like what's going on like what can we do um and she said you know the best thing that you could do or what would cut out the most stress is if I didn't have to worry about money. Mm. And it takes her forever to go to the grocery store and get all this stuff because she has to like calculate yeah, like what's the cheapest option and to, to hit this budget and all that. And so they decided as a family like, all right, we're going to open up the grocery budget because this is, you know, also like your like life benefit like yeah. it'll make your life so much better if you're not worried about so this grocery budget constrain the budget so we'll, we'll constrain somewhere <laughs> else yeah and i thought it was kind of like a, an interesting take mm-hmm. of like oh so sometimes you can your your budget works in in both ways it, if you're constraining in some places it allows you to free up which can reduce your stress in yeah. other areas so that's kind of nice yeah so yeah that's kind of where yeah that's yeah i think that's kind of what we do with like choice i think so i this idea uh of this whole thing like came to me i think it's actually like a steve jobs thing i think he was the one that kind of did this but he the reason why he always wore like the jeans and the turtleneck was Mm. because he didn't want to or maybe it was an obama thing too but um he didn't want i think maybe obama did steve jobs did it first okay (laughs) (laughs) but he just didn't want to make the decision about what to wear in the morning because like that was just not a thing 
to put on his plate. Uh-huh. Like there's just no reason to do that. So like I've actually started to do that a little bit in my own life as well. And I actually, it's really nice, but I just wear the same thing on like Monday. Like every Monday I wear the same <laughs> outfit. Every uh-huh. Tuesday I wear the same outfit. And like I, maybe my coworkers notice and maybe they're like, Oh, that's really weird that you always wear the huh. same stuff. But, and I'm not like perfect on it. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes it slips into a different day of the week mm. or whatever, but it's been really nice to just not have to like think about what I'm wearing yeah. on a given day. It's just I've, like, I just, this is what I'm wearing. Gained enough weight that I only fit into like five button well, up shirts. That's so kind I'm of like, also okay, helped a little bit for me. I just well. do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually kind of also what spurred it on is I have, I basically have five shirts that fit me now. So yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> I have that or t shirts. Yeah. Right, yeah. But uh, yeah, I heard, I, I read about the Obama thing when, um, the tan suit mm-hmm. anniversary came up yeah, oh, yeah. and it sparked this new meme of like people talking about Donald Trump and they're like, remember when tan when Obama wearing a tan suit was our controversy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then the history of that was like, Obama said that he always had like black suits or Navy suits or something mm-hmm. because he wanted to reduce choice in his yeah. schedule. He has to think about so many other things mm-hmm. being the fucking president. Yeah. So, um, and then like, know where it came from it was him or someone like recommended to yeah. him to like you know like loosen up for easter or something okay. like just, wear, yeah, just try this tan just try suit and, and so like the one time he took a fashion <laughs> risk it like broke the internet <laughs> people were so used to him wearing the yeah. same suit every day oh uh, yeah. i'm so glad i'm not in the public eye <laughs> that'd be the worst <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing um yeah so yeah if you ever get a chance reduce your choice yeah. Reducing choice is good. Yeah. I like it. But uh, back to the to the board game thing. I yeah. had I had one question I forgot to ask. I was curious, what is it? What do you do when you? demo a game do mm-hmm. you just play with people or is it or are they just watching and you just like read the rules because <laughs> um so yeah. it, it's actually an interesting um kind of art uh to, to doing a good demo um so the i depends on it depends on the game of course um but the objective is to get somebody interested in the game um in like under half an hour right mm. and so sometimes i have to demo a game that's you know takes two hours to play yeah um but you know we want to get them interested in the game in under in under like 30 minutes so get the gist of it yeah so if i'm teaching a game to you and we're going to play and sit down and play i'm obviously going to teach you all of the rules that i can teach you Mm -hmm. right because you want to go into the game knowing all the decisions that you get to make and you want to get go into the game um you know feeling confident that you (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> three beers in <laughs> off the rails i'm listening yeah uh, <clears throat> uh so, get them yeah so you yeah. want to you want so if you're actually playing the game you want to go into the game <laughs> feeling like you are confident in making decisions <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> now i've got the giggles yeah that's fine um so obviously i'm not going to leave any details out i'm going to try to teach you as much of the mm-hmm. game as possible um, when it comes to a demo, um, I don't want to teach you the entire game um, mm-hmm. because they're, especially in a lot of the games that I like to play, which are, you know, a little bit 
more weighty in rules and stuff like that there's all kinds of like edge cases and stuff like that like you don't need to know that like you know every three times you play this game this one little rule comes up right. where you know this one thing might happen you don't need to know yeah. that when i'm when i'm demoing the game to you so my objective is to the the very first thing that i i think about when i'm starting a demo is i want to get you making decisions as quickly as possible hmm. so that means that i have to give you the high level overview as quickly as i can um so that you can start making decisions as as soon as possible and so what I do is there's lots of different ways we do that. If it's if it's a more simple game, obviously I'm just going to teach you real quick. These are the things that you can do. This is how you win the game. Let's let's start. Um, if it's a more co complex game, a lot of times what we'll do is we actually like um, can like seed the game, so we can like maybe like put you in the middle of the game. So oh, okay. you know you you start you know already halfway through the game so that. Um, so that you can see kind of where the game has developed. I've seen that with like video games, yeah. like yeah. the characters already got a, you know, a few of its special abilities, right. you know, that you don't and get that, until level 20. And that works really well when there's a game that doesn't quite show itself at the beginning. Like, you know, the first few rounds of the game are kind of like slow and mm -hmm. people aren't really getting it, but then you really, it kind of ramps up and makes it more fun as you get into the game. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff and then depending on the length of the game you might play just a few rounds or you might play the full game um i was just demoing at our local convention um a couple weeks ago and uh, all the games that we were demoing took half an hour or less to play so mm. we would just let them play the entire game yeah. um but you know a game that takes two hours to play we might just let them play a couple rounds and be like okay so you can kind of see how the game works and you know if you're interested in picking Dude. it up do you ever have it so like let's say you're demoing and you've got like three three people and you mm -hmm. you know like a four player setup yeah then do you ever have like a, a crowd that's kind of like just you know creeping wa watching on or? yeah at gen con definitely um you get a big line you like come back in half an hour take a ticket usually <laughs> kind of that's yeah that's exactly what we do it's oh, yeah. just kind of like and and i as the, so i'm usually not playing the game especially at gen con where it's a bigger convention usually people travel in either groups of two or four it's really weird or sometimes six which is what? makes it a little bit tri <laughs> tricky but people tend to travel in groups so mm -hmm. you'll either get like a couple or like you know a couple of friends yeah um <clears throat> that are traveling together or you'll get like a group of four basically and so they either they all usually want to sit down together so you know you can get two groups of two and play in a game if mm -hmm. it's a four-player game um but what i try to do is while i'm demoing i'm trying to, to make no to take note of like who um, who is coming up and to the table. And so after I finish like teaching and I get them moving, I'm, I'm trying to engage with the other people that are just kind of standing around and being like, Oh, you know, you're interested in the game. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Uh -huh. And then um, if they want to play, I usually tell them, okay, you know, come back. And I try to remember them, remember their face so that mm -hmm. when they come back in 20 minutes, I can be like, Oh yeah, you've got next, you know, okay. you're going yeah, to sit cool. down next and play. Um, so those are just little things that I've learned. It's 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 funny because we always get a couple of new people um, demoing for mm -hmm. us when we do these conventions, and um, it's kind of fun to like show them the ropes and and kind of teach them these little yeah. tips and tricks that we have learned from from yeah. doing this a few times. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see how you'd be a good fit for it because you've always been like a, a good teacher, you know, like explaining stuff yeah. to people. Yeah. Um, is there like a youtube or podcast version of this type of thing is someone like here's what this game is about and it's this type of platform and whatever. yeah so um 
the the one that that probably does the best job of of teaching is uh um uh watch it played is is a youtube channel and they go over he does a lot of the big games that come out and he uh his name is rodney smith and he um but he like teaches the entire game Mm -hmm. so you know if it's a longer game it might be a half an hour 45 minute video because it's you know a longer teach Mm -hmm. um so he but it's not he doesn't do it he he does it to teach you the full rules so that instead of having to read the rule book you just get to watch him you know on the video that's kind of nice yeah yeah. so a lot of people use that as like you know we're gonna have a game day i'm inviting you over like hey we're gonna play this game watch this video before you come over and then we can just start playing and i don't have to teach you does does he have to have other people playing the game with him or is no, it just, just him talking to the camera? It's just him talking to the camera and he usually has the camera like pointed down on the game board so he can show you pieces and he does a really good job of editing them together um, to make uh, it so that, um, you know, he, he can, you know, show little like pieces like oh, on different like player boards and different like pieces oh, around cool, the different board. Perspectives, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he can kind of show you what. So it's not like a not like a Twitch of video or of board games. There are people that do like, that, yeah. So like um, one of the ones that I watch a lot is uh, Heavy Cardboard is one that I watch, and then um, there's a couple other ones, but they do full playthroughs of the game. So they teach uh-huh. you the game before the game before they play it, and then they have a table of four people or whatever, and then they like play the full game. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they do it live, like a couple of them. Heavy Cardboard does does theirs live on YouTube. So if you are watching it live you can like chat with them and stuff like that oh cool um so it, so it is like a twitch at the, at that point um yeah. there are quite a few yeah there's a growing number of people that are doing like a board game twitch kind of thing mm. you know similar to video games i guess it'd be too hard to set up with a, a physical board game but that's what i wanted us to do originally mm. back before i misunderstood the word tabletop <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, um, because uh, for for context of everyone else, um, I, I talked about this a little bit with with Mike in our D and D episode, but um, you know, I figured like we we you know pick out a board game that maybe we all own, oh yeah, yeah and yeah. put it on the table, yeah, and then you know put your like uh, video chat facing, <laughs> and so everyone can kind of see what we're doing, yeah. and then we can you know virtually share in the same uh, board game <clears throat> over the internet, yeah. Um, and I thought that'd be kind of a cool thing. And then it turned out that tabletop meant role playing and then <laughs> meant D and D. And then I was, okay, now I'm committing to this, this new thing I've never done before, but it turned out to be it's really fun. fun, right? I yeah. Mean, I was like, it's not well, really something I've done before. Yeah. Either. And it was something like if someone had asked me about just D and D on the face of it, I probably would not have like signed up mm-hmm. for it. Cause I don't know. It's just like, I'm not very confident or comfortable with like improv type yeah. of stuff but it's turned out to be really fun you yeah. kind of you know ease your way into yeah. it yeah and i mean we're pretty lucky that we've got xander who is obviously a very good uh uh dm yeah and then we've got mike who's an experienced role player who has no problem taking the reins and yeah. you know going all in on it or whatever and yeah. that i feel like makes you more comfortable i don't know what i would do if i was doing this like like let's say i was super interested in it and i was like i really want to do this and i invited three people over i feel like it would be just like crash and burn (laughs) yeah would not work yeah just like oh let's see what happens in the book okay (laughs) and now this happens okay what do you do roll which is kind of a neat concept of of and i wonder if this is like something that maybe rpg people know about already but Hmm. like it's kind of a neat concept that it's almost like a it's almost like a, a like a um like you pass it down to people right so it's almost like a 
Like, yeah. In I don't oral... want to say an oral history, but like that's kind of what I'm yeah, thinking it's about. Yeah, oral tradition. Like, yeah, we're yeah. like, you know, like now I feel I'm not super confident, but I feel like I could potentially introduce more people into this and make it fun for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like before, I don't think I could have. Um, and it's just really fun that like, I feel like that just is something that gets kind of like passed down. Yeah. Like I, I'm sure if you're, if you're really into D and D, maybe Mike is <clears throat> more up on this. There's probably different cultures, different genres. Yeah. Oh, for and, sure. and I think that like, you know, my impression of D and D is like, if you've seen the show, stranger things, mm-hmm. the kids mm-hmm. play D and D and they're playing it like by the book. Right. So instead of a, a DM, or maybe they have a DM, but these, you know, referencing the book, yeah. it's like what happens next and what the narrative is. In our case, we have Xander who's kind of creating it all from scratch uh, based Which on, you know, harder. <laughs> the, the move, the rules around the moves, yeah. like, you know, fireball or yeah, whatever obviously. are, you can yes. reference the book. So you don't have to do everything from scratch, but that's kind of like a, you know, a mixed production and, um, I forgot where I was going with this, but yeah, I was thinking like, yeah, there's two different you know ways to play, like just yeah. buy the book or get more creative. And it seems like you could pass this on. We're like, okay, now you make up a story yeah. and right. all the variables for other yeah. people. It's been interesting because I've actually been thinking ever since we started, like I've been kind of like developing story ideas in my head of like, if I wanted to run a campaign, what would yeah. it be like? And like I, when I'm watching like other movies and stuff like that, I'm like, getting little ideas of like oh that would be a cool scene in like a campaign in the yeah. future like where i i was watching um i just watched uh uh the hateful eight have you seen mm-hmm. that as a quentin yeah, tarantino yeah. movie uh i was really hesitant about watching it because i haven't liked quentin tarantino's movies recently um and yeah so I, I just watched them because put off it's tarantino. watching that yeah i'd put off watching that one because i was really disappointed in django unchained and then in uh the one before that have um, you seen the one that just came out no i haven't but i heard it's really good oh no, not good. <laughs> I was talking to my my barber about this oh. and uh, tangent. Um, he uh, he was he asked me if I'd seen it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's okay." It's like one of those things where like you're talking to a complete stranger about Tarantino, and you're like, "Well, you don't want to say it's bad, but like, yeah." So like, yeah, it's okay, and he's like, "Yeah, it was bad," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, maybe I'm giving him benefit of the doubt because it's Tarantino," yeah. but like. Without spoiling it, you know, I just have a historical expectation, mm. and this did not live up to it, and it felt, again, no spoilers, but Tarantino always has some sort of twist, Yeah, and in this movie, the twist felt like it was kind of tacked on, like actually, pin the tail on the donkey. I actually know what the twist is, okay. because I've heard it from other podcasts. On well, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. my my take, structurally, I just felt like yeah. it was like, a okay, there's a little story trotting along, and then twist, and we're done. Yeah. And, um... But the twist, it wasn't like like Kill Bill or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's like a deep twist, and yeah. it's like, you know, really like gnarled and intertwined, intertwined yeah. with the rest of the story. So anyway, that's my take on the latest. Yeah. So anyway, so I was watching this, and I was thinking, uh, I loved the way he, in so Hateful Eight was definitely not one of my favorite Tarantino movies, but it was definitely better than his most I liked recent it. stuff. Yeah. Um, but I loved the way he built the tension in like a single room mm-hmm. and i thought that was really interesting the way he was able to like build that tension so i was like thinking about that i was like how could you do that in like a role-playing game Very so, like, theater like yeah so these are like the kind of things that i've been like kind of just like thinking about when i'm watching other things is like how could i do that in a in a role-playing campaign and like i was i'm reading um 
the expanse right now have you have you watched any of that i've watched any of them? The, the whole show and i haven't watched the show yet but i've been i'm reading the books and i'm gonna watch the show they, but, get, they got canceled um, but amazon brought them they? back oh yeah oh yeah okay <clears throat> i was like you said Sci- amazon. sci-fi or uh, whatever yeah, it was sci-fi yeah. ended it and then uh, amazon prime prime like, video no. <laughs> prime video is like we're gonna buy this yeah yeah um but like I've been reading that and I've been like thinking mm. about the way that I they do read like, it. the sci-fi. Let me buy all um, the audiobooks. Stuff. It's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to it on the on your way home. You like it? Yeah. Um, I'm curious how it compares to the series. Is it, is it called The Expanse or is it no, some it's, other title? Um, Sovereign? No, not Sovereign. Sovereign Sky. No. Or who's the author? Sovereign what, Sky is a video what, game. What can I search for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me go into my Amazon account. <laughs> Look this up real quick. I'll just type in The Expanse and yeah, see. Yeah, you'll find the book right right away. Um, but uh, by James Corey. Yes. The series is The Expanse. The first book is Leviathan Wakes. Leviathan Wakes, yes. And it. I already own the entire series, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, just some of the things that they do um, with like space horror in that in that just makes me want to like. Yeah, oh, I mean, just like the world building is just so cool. So I would be interested to see a D and D that is not based in like the dwarf elf fantasy. type of what's it called high fantasy yeah. universe and something more along like the expanse mm-hmm. or you know even like you know i don't know um like the neil stevenson books yeah. sometimes yeah. where it's like it's pretty high tech and futuristic but you can it's like okay yeah in 50 relate. years we could probably mm-hmm. do that like with gene editing or yeah. whatever and that would be kind of like a cool yeah setting. so hold on to that for a second i want the first thing i want to say is i think so one of the things that i want out of the D campaign is i wanted i really like the like the game of thrones like intrigue kind of stuff like in in fantasy like in fantasy i like i like an intrigue kind yeah. of thing you know not not just like epic hero going on an epic journey doing epic things right mm-hmm. i like the little like political intrigue kind of stuff mm-hmm. I think we're going to get that eventually in Xander's story. I, yeah. I feel like he's got something going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes that is more than what meets the eye. Because like right now, it feels like you know, like battling world, world, uh, world ending kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but I feel like he's got a little bit of something. Curious up to his see where it goes. But anyways, um, but thinking about um, like the kind of like the sci-fi stuff, um, that's what. Uh, Pathfinder. So there's a there's a um, there's another competing role playing uh, game called Pathfinder. It's actually based on D and D three point five, oddly enough. So we play D and D five. So fifth edition. side side question. Y- yeah. You are you saying? See, I thought. I guess I I confused D and D with role playing game in general. Yeah. But D and D D and D is like the Kleenex of role playing games. D game. Okay. So yeah. See, I th- I figured you could play D and D. But it could be any sure. genre in the world. Yeah, if you wanted to, you could use the system for it for sure. Okay, so, and so what you what you're about to introduce is a, a different system, kind of. Yes. So Pathfinder yeah. is based on D and D three point five. They didn't like the direction that D and D was taking, so they spun off their own system and they kind of changed some of the things that they didn't like out of D and D, and they kind of like made their own system. It's a it's a more complex version of D and D, basically. So, anyways, the point of this is, uh, so Pathfinder had been going on for a few years, and they decided they wanted to do a science fiction version of. So, Pathfinder is very much based in 
You read a lot fantasy. about this for someone who doesn't I play. I don't. Uh, I actually listen to podcasts about it. Oh, okay. I have, I have there's there's a podcast network, the Glass Cannon Network, that I oh, okay. that I like listening to just because they tell really good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm less interested in the role playing part of it. I, well, that's not that's not true. I like the role playing part of it, but I just they they're telling a really good story. Mm-hmm. So it's like listening to an audio. Sure. It's like listening to an audio play, really. More yeah, than it's uh, with with a little bit of the um, ad lib and yeah, and, it, and then you know they obviously do the game mechanics in it so you yeah. you hear them rolling dice and you hear them saying oh i got a you know 15 to hit and like all this other kind of stuff so you know they're they're definitely playing a game i wonder what it'd be like if you edited out all the mechanics and just just and told it was the story. Just, oh he did this and then edit yeah and this happened yeah and then yeah that'd be interesting um but anyway so yeah. um so they play pathfinder as one of their systems but um they also they have a another system called starfinder which is a um which is a sci-fi fantasy kind of world, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because um, one of the things that it's based off of is the expanse. That's one of their. Ooh. That's one of their. Um, if you look in the back of the path or the Starfinder like manual, there they have like inspirational media that they that they based it on, mm-hmm. um, and the expanse is part of that inspirational media hmm. that they based it on. So anyway. Um, it's, it's kind of a tangent on the thing about like if you edited out the mechanics and you mm-hmm. just had the story that's really it's basically like what a lot of uh, certain video games do like yeah. uh, I think it's like Dragon Age mm-hmm. and I play this game called Mass Effect Andromeda the the games where your character has like a an option wheel of yeah. how to respond yeah like oh this doesn't happen and then it's like positive negative yeah i remember a uh, kotor mm-hmm. um yeah where you have a yeah. dark side light side interestingly the, but the video game you know is probably rolling the invisible dice and all coming of up those with the outcomes. all of those systems are based on D. yeah but they, but they <laughs> edited really it funny. out so yeah. it's just you have you have an npc faces you with with you know an yeah. action reaction yep you you decide and then you see and then you know you observe the outcome yeah so they kind of subtract the mechanic they edit right. out the mechanics there because yeah. a lot of doing it. it's really funny how many of the um video game rpgs are based off of the d20 yeah, system which system. is what D D is is a d20 huh. system because um, you, you you can tell that too right when you're yeah. doing character creation in like something like dragon age or kotor or any of those like you're putting stats in like all those things like how much defense you do want how much attack do you want what's your you know yeah, constitution yeah, yeah. what's your charisma like you you put your points in all those little, little stats and that helps you in the game so, kotor by the way is knights of the old yes. republic <laughs> it's an old star wars pc game yeah it was really great did you know I actually looked that up the other day to try to find a download? You can still download it. Um, I, and I actually I, thought about playing it, but I was like, I don't think it'll be the same. Aren't they coming out with a new one? They I heard. came out with one a few years ago, I think. I think at E3 they talked about one. Did they? A new one? Oh, that's cool. Or maybe it's not under the name of KOTOR, but it's... Um, Another Star Wars uh, I'll have to, RPG I'll have game. to look it up. Um, yeah, but it's, it's not like Battlefront or whatever. It's a RPG. Yeah, I... It's funny. I've been kind of going back and looking at some of those old video games and like being like, would this still stand up and like try maybe wanting to play them? And I don't think they stand up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they they are the same as they used to be. Oh, here it is. Star Wars: The Old Republic. I did hear about it's that. It's coming out in oh this year. PC. I'll have to. I don't ooh. have video game systems. Oh, wait, so. it says play now. Maybe it is PC. <gasps> 
It's swtor.com. Star Wars The Old Republic. And I haven't researched this, so can't really talk about it yet, but it sounds it's, interesting. It, oh, it kind of looks like... Uh, this is like an MMO, I think. Is it MMO? I think it is. I think the this graphics, has been out for a while, uh, I think, hasn't it? Okay, maybe that's not it, though. I just uh, In Google, that came out with a 2019... I think this has been out for a while. Uh, anyway. I could be wrong. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, what, imagine if... Um, you know, now that we have machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence and these, like, gaming consoles have really insane GPUs, instead of D20, which is, you know, like a 1 in 20 mm-hmm. type of scenario, what if NPCs were, like, trained on, you know, certain, like, nodes to, like, mimic a certain personality or certain character yeah. and then... That that'd be really interesting. So basically, <laughs> you're improvising, or the the computer's improvising with you, right? And every experience is truly unique. That'd be crazy. There's a lot of cool stuff that can come with machine learning. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that video games haven't incorporated that as much yet. Yeah, I mean, if I, you did role playing like that, basically human to human interaction, yeah. basically we throw out the role rule books. And we just say, like, I do this, and then you feed off of me and say, well, well, this happens, yeah. and there's no dice involved at all. I guess that would be the equivalent. It's interesting that there hasn't been a role-playing video game yet where there's an AI and you are actually, like, role-playing, like like speaking role-playing, you know, and then the AI. There's no voice in yeah, video games. right. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Interesting, yeah, because huh. we have voice input now for these different right. devices. And we've been doing that for, like, speech detection has been the thing for yeah. since I was in middle school. I and, remember and like, doing that. And, like, Navi and Zelda mm-hmm. and um, and Cortana and Halo. Yeah. And um, I never played Portal, but I know Portal has that other, like, little voice robot. Yeah. They're kind of like Alexa and mm-hmm. Google devices. Sure. So I can imagine now you get your little gamer headset. You yeah. can like talk to your right. Cortana or whatever as you're playing Halo. That'd be yeah. cool. Because I, I, I don't I just feel like there's probably a lot of people that don't, that want to play like something like a role playing game, but yeah. don't have the group to play it. Um, and they would probably get a lot out of that kind of game. Yeah. Interesting. Have, have you seen the, the stuff about Google and how they have a cloud based games basically? Yeah. Um, so you have like a controller and a screen, but, but you don't actually have the physical all the copy of the game. Processing yeah. is happening yeah. on a system way more powerful than anything you could buy off the shelf. Yeah, I'm really curious how that, if that's gonna like take off and where it's gonna go. Um, I think it'll take off. I think the challenge will be the branding. Right. Like if PlayStation or Xbox, I think Microsoft is competing with it. Yeah. Um, if they come out with their equivalent, then people will definitely go for that. I don't mm-hmm. know if people want to like start a new Google console. Like who cares about Google yeah, games? Right. But. It's interesting. Cause we were, um, I was talking about this with people online the other day, but we were talking about like media and, um, you know, which, which kind of media do you like still want to own like a physical copy of and which kind of media do you like go cloud based only on? And, uh, and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, like video games, I, I, I like to have like the physical media because I'm worried that I'm going to like lose it if I don't you know, mm. have it and like and they're like music, whatever. And I'm kind of like, 
there's not a single type of media anymore that I want to have a physical copy of or yeah. even like purchase a copy of anymore. Yeah. Like there's nothing that I want to buy that's a media that's media anymore. Like if I want to get a movie, I'm not going to buy a movie. I'm going to rent yeah. it or I'm going to get it off of Netflix. If I want music, I'm not going to buy music anymore. I'm going to stream it or I'm you know whatever. Right. Like I'm I just there's nothing yeah. and and like video games I'm I I don't play video games anymore really, but I would assume it's probably the same way. I like I mean, I've gotten I've gotten more into video games the last few years, right. and but you know, I talked to like Mike or Chris, and um, I don't remember what Mike's stance is, so he can listen and let us know. <laughs> I think he buys physical copies, um, but I know Chris definitely he likes physical copies because he says, you know, oh well, you can you know resell them later or whatever, but which is. It's Fair. true, yeah. but I know I look at my stack of like old PlayStation games on my <laughs> yeah. shelf, and I'm like, "Have I sold those? Yeah. No. Okay. So going forward, do I want immediate gratification, or do right. I want this ability to resell it? You know, in terms of like, like control and ownership and all that stuff. Like that's a longer philosophical yeah. discussion. I feel like yeah, you should be able to do anything you want with it. Like if if you buy a Kindle book, you should have the freedom to hand that Kindle file to someone else because you paid for it. Yeah, if but, you actually bought it, yeah. But for technically, sure. you can't because of DRM. Right. But um, in reality, I'm not reselling my old video games anyway, right. so I just opt for the digital download. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's interesting because I wonder if that is going to shift. Because right now, as far as I know, there's not a ton of options for like renting digital video games like there is renting digital books or renting yeah. digital music in the form of like streaming but right it not, seems not like new something, games they have that right. for old games yeah but it seems like something like the google service is kind of going that way where it's going to be like the netflix of video games right yeah and the uh, new apple arcade right and not so that like, i'm a big mobile gamer but it's right. a monthly subscription you can play any iphone games you want yeah so i see that as more of what as a casual gamer i would be more inter interested in because you know i'm not it's just the same way i'm with music like i'm not a hardcore music person where i need like the perfect audio quality or whatever it's like when i want to listen to music i just want something to play in the background while i'm working or uh -huh. whatever like i don't need to sit there i'm not going to sit there and just like listen to a an album all the way through right. of an artist that i like or whatever um, well you I'm still not can if you want to with sure, spotify you, you could but i'm just saying like it's not I'm not like the kind of per I'm not like a, it's not my hobby I guess is, is my thing yeah. like uh, music is not my hobby movies aren't really my hobby I don't need to like go back and be able to rewatch all these movies all, all the time mm. and I feel like the same way with video games like I'd want to be able to just like oh I'm going to play that one game that I've heard all everyone talking about for the next month and then I'm done with it yeah. and I'm okay paying a $10 a month subscription Remember when fee. you get blockbuster video games yeah yeah but like you know I, it's just like Netflix, right? Like if Netflix suddenly loses my favorite movie because they don't have this thing anymore, whatever, I'll just watch a different movie because there's a yeah, billion movies exactly. on Netflix. Find you it know? somewhere else. And yeah. that, I feel like that about video games too. Like if, if I had some video game subscription service and they lost the favorite game that I was already playing, I'd be kind of mad if I hadn't finished it yet. So I'd probably try to finish it. In, but then like, it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> in college, there was a subscription video game there was, service. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, I, uh, for some reason I'm thinking Groove Shark. That's but the it music was, one. It was just like um, Netflix, Shark? where they sent you no, where they sent you um, copies of 
of the game. It was, it was Netflix yeah. because that's what Netflix used to actually yeah. do is actually send you movies. Yeah. And PlayStation has PS Now where you can play any PlayStation 2 game or PlayStation mm-hmm. 3 game. Basically, you stream it to the console. Yeah. Um, so you pay for the Now service, but you don't own the games. Yeah. Um, and if you cancel the service, then you lose any of those games. I tried it during a, a demo. I was like, oh, neat. I can play like okami or shadow of the colossus and then and but then like 10 minutes into the game i was like these graphics are old (laughs) (laughs) you know lost my interest if they had a subscription service for the games coming out today sure that'd be different story and i just because i feel like i'm in such a a spot right now like i used to when i was into video games i used to pay attention to what was coming out and i knew i had a pretty good idea what was going to be good yeah right now i'm in the situation where i don't really know what's so i want to be able to like try things you know yeah it's yeah. the same way i feel about movies now. i have that all the time i want to or like, i want a demo for every game right at least yeah and and that's kind of the way i feel about movies now is like i'm not tapped into the scene of like all the latest movies that come out so that's what makes netflix really nice for me is like i can start a movie and be like oh this is shitty yeah like i'm like let's watch something else right, you know right. um and i feel that way about video games is like i want to play it for like 10 minutes and be like eh, no this isn't quite what i wanted but this is really interesting because um well what i'm working on right now is under nda <laughs> <laughs> but is it about audiobooks this is well yes i oh, work okay. for yeah. <laughs> i okay. work for audible but like, we're um, talking about video games i don't but really what understand. i but what i'm working on now I could tell you more about you later, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> suffice it to say, we are having a lot of discussions about what does it, uh, what what does it mean to you, or what do you do with something? And I'm like looking at your bookshelf, like <laughs> when you don't own the book. Yeah, does that mean you cherish it less? Hmm. Do you put it somewhere else? Do you hold on to it? Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, I'll explain more later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm interested to hear that. But it, it's funny because I, looking at my bookshelf, um, there are very few books that I have, whereas I used yeah. to have a lot of books. You have a lot of games, but I do have a lot of games. games you, can't you can't digitally do... Yes. tabletop games right it is yeah, definitely a different uh i mean they do have digital versions of it but it's just not the same oh yeah we tried that one <laughs> yeah um you know and the reason why it's it's interesting the reason why i've loved or gravitated towards tabletop games is because i missed the experience of sitting around the tv playing split screen games in middle school yeah and stuff like that like golden eye right that that's what i missed is i missed because it's not it wasn't about the game. I mean, it was the game was fun, right? But yeah. it wasn't about the game. It was about sitting there with your friends, You're there with other people, and and enjoying enjoying our company together. But also, like, just you know, that good nature harassing of like of like, ah, oh, I just shot you, like, haha, you know, like that kind of thing. All the side comments that happen right. in person, exactly. And that just isn't something that you can replicate. And that's what kind of turned me away from the video game industry. Is everything went online, right? And so. The well, multiplayer online just wasn't the same to me. Um, not mm-hmm. and even when I played it with people that I knew, it just wasn't. It wasn't the same as being in person. And okay, then you had yeah. all the other people 
in there that were like you know little 12 year old kids you know calling you gay and all that kind of stuff yeah um and it's just like it's just not the same like it's just yeah. not that experience that i wanted yeah i get that but that's also like i try to recruit people to like i i got this playstation and then i tried to get everyone on playstation so they could play with me yeah um because i wanted to use i wanted to recreate that and like we grew up and we all moved out to different places mm-hmm. And then finally, I felt like years later, now we have this thing we can do FaceTime, but with video games. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so, like, there's this one game, this Tom Clancy game, where it's really cool. They have, like, this really high-res replica of Manhattan, mm. and you're, like, you know, running through and shooting bad guys. And you can play online. So I play with Chris sometimes, and we can talk to each other. But... We'll, we'll, like, give random, like, notes of, like, oh, yeah, go into this door. Or, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, you shoot that guy, and I'll go over here. But most of the time, we're just like, oh, yeah, so what did you do today? Yeah. And we're, like, having a conversation while, while we're, we're playing, playing video games. Yeah. But we're the only two people on the channel. Sure. So, yeah, if you're in, like, an MMO or whatever, yeah. and there's, like, 12 other kids or whatever, if it's yeah. a mixed audience, I don't think it works. But I think, um, I don't know, at least I can never uh, get enough people to be on the same game <laughs> at the same time but i, I yeah welcome you know, to adulthood i know <laughs> it's just like inviting your friends over to play GoldenEye yeah. or mario kart or whatever you're all there and you're dedicated to that one game for that one time i think that um i think that it, it could work sure it's not the same yeah but like uh like nintendo they've, they've got mario kart you can play online and you could set up a private room or whatever to yeah. only play with your friends right but uh, I think the hardest thing now is like scheduling, yeah. And you gotta like buy extra equipment. You know, maybe right. someone doesn't have a headset or whatever. Right. It's just not as natural. Yeah, that's kind of what has been nice about like the D and D thing is that like that has kind of felt a little bit like yeah that old school kind of like sitting around you know hanging out. Like obviously we can't all be in the mm-hmm. same place, but it almost feels like we're sitting around the table like hanging out yeah yeah and that's um, why i you know i'm doing i mean i'm enjoying it but like yeah i it's, it's i'm, nice I'm, I'm doing it because people. yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's a good good thing to connect the people on yeah You mentioned doing a board game podcast. Mm-hmm. How would you do that? <laughs> are you like describing the games, or are you are you kind of like, if you were to do this, what would you imagine? So it's interesting. Reviewing. I listen. Yeah, I listen to a lot of board game podcasts now, um, and a lot of them do reviews. A lot of them do news, and it's all kind of so. One of the things I've noticed. Um, are there a lot? Yeah, there's a ton. Oh, really? Uh, hundreds. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> um, not a lot of good ones, but, um, you know, of the good ones, I, I listen to probably eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, you know, probably dozens of good ones. Um, but one of the things I've noticed, and I think this is kind of true of a lot of areas of life lately, but um, it's interesting because you can see it in uh, – if you if you watch the documentary about the fire festival, you see oh, yeah. you, you see this the hype um, and all that. But like the influencers have really started to creep into a lot of areas of society, hmm. um, and this is true in the board game area too. Is we have 
um, these influencers who are just hyping up the latest thing just to, I, I mean, they're probably getting paid for, to do it. Um, and so I would assume that they're getting some sort of compensation. Either they're getting paid for it or they're getting fame for it or they're getting yeah. free copies of games free, for free it. Free merch, or, yeah. You know, who knows what they're getting, but but they they exist solely to hype up things that they don't really care that much about. They just hype it up to hype it up. It's not genuine. Right. And I see this a lot in, not in the podcast that I listen to, but I do see it in a lot of podcasts and a lot of, especially happens a lot in Twitter and it happens a lot on YouTube um, for board games anyways. Um, But I see this in in other areas of life too. But so if I were going to do it, um, I would want to focus on um, like replaying the same games over and over and over again. Because that's something that I focus on when I play games now is I want to, instead of always buying new games and trying new experiences, I want to like get really good at the games that I already like mm-hmm. um, and continue playing them. And so what I would foresee is is a group of people that are that like doing that and we would all share kind of our experiences like, okay, this is the first time I played this game. This is kind of what I thought about it, blah, blah, blah. Maybe next week I'm like, oh, I played it two more times and uh these are the new things that i uncovered about it and it was mm. something different or maybe and a then, strategy like yeah, you play yeah, machi koro exactly. 10 times and then <laughs> yeah. finally i've hit on a new strategy yeah. and then yeah. you know maybe maybe a month down the road i'm like oh you know i've 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 now played it 10 times and now i'm i'm finally certain to see like oh maybe this wasn't the game that i thought it was it's not as good as i thought it was maybe i you know i've kind of fallen off a little bit because what i find is a lot of games don't hold up to repeat plays mm. they're there for that kind of initial burst of of enjoyment and excited then, it's new yeah it's kind of like it reminds me of um it actually reminds me sometimes of, of movies right where like you know it's kind of maybe the first time you watch like transformers it was kind of fun you know and it was kind of yeah you know it was, okay. it was a blockbuster it That's was great. interesting i ate a pound but of then, popcorn yeah. right but then you maybe you watch it the second time and you're like yeah this isn't that interesting and if you somehow for whatever reason watched it like five times you'd be like okay this is actually not a very good movie at all and that's kind of the way i feel about a lot of video, or a lot of board games now is like after you play them a couple times they're just not that interesting right so yeah. and then sometimes you have the inverse where like yes. i hated napoleon oh, sure. dynamite the first time <laughs> yes. But then somehow, like, everyone's like, what? You don't like Napoleon Dynamite? And then I watched it again, and I watched it a third time, and then, oh, my God, like, the, it gets funnier the more times you watch right. it somehow. I think it's, like, the jokes kind of become a meme or yes. something. So the, oh, the, sure. the humor is in the repetition, yeah, not, necess- not necessarily <laughs> in the first view. Like, the first yeah. view is like, oh, wow, this poor kid has a miserable life. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are... Um, several games on my so, shelves that have so happened that have happened to so if you were to podcast you would just kind of like uh give like an initial impression and then yeah. maybe like sit on the episode for a little while and then come back or release the episode and no then like i do a follow-up yeah so like my so one of my favorite things when i'm listening to podcasts about board games is people do like what did you play this week Mm-hmm. So, like, if it's a weekly podcast, like, they'll just be like, oh, you know, we played these whatever games this week, and they kind of just yeah. talk about them and what they thought about them. And a lot of times that's a really shallow discussion because they right. just kind of, like, list the games they played and maybe give, like, a couple of lines about it. Yeah. And a lot of them that are f- more focused on playing the newer games all the time, they um, won't even go back and say, like, a game – if they've previously mentioned a game on a previous episode, they won't even – 
bother saying like they played it this week or they might just mention it in passing like oh yeah now so i got a second play of such and such game uh and and they won't even like give a follow-up impression about it i want i would want a podcast that was all of that basically. right a longer term review yeah exactly and so my idea would be to have people of not necessarily different gaming backgrounds but people that aren't necessarily playing together all the time mm-hmm. um so like a couple of my friends we play together maybe once a week but we also have other people that we like to play with um and so we would have the ability to to i think um talk about other different games that we didn't play with each other and that would give us a lot of springboard to be rotation able to say, yeah and it would give us a springboard for me to be like oh i've been wanting to try that one like what did you think about this or you know i've heard yeah. that this might be like this you know what did you think of that um and so kind of giving us an op- opportunity to play off of each other so cool well, yeah. that's that's a good idea hopefully uh you make hopefully this kind of sparks <laughs> the the podcast appetite again yeah i know i missed I know. podcasting a little bit H- hanging out with with josh like last year when he came to visit yeah. kind of sparked it in, yeah. in me again uh and and yeah that's really cool you've got you currently you've got like an instagram and a twitter called beer city bg board gamer or yeah beer city it's, BG? Uh, instagram is beer city board gamer uh-huh. I think, and then uh, Twitter is Beer City BG, because Twitter doesn't let you have as long of a name. Okay. Um, but I don't really post very much on either one of those. So, well, maybe people could follow it now, yeah, and then if you be, kick off this creative project, I would hope that that would be what we would use, because everyone it would be local. Um, and yeah. so I think it's a good name. And you made the logo and stuff for it, which was nice. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to do a lot more Instagram. I need to. I need to do it more. But. Yeah, you got a lot of board games. I do. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. this is fun. Yeah, it was. We should wrap it up. It's we probably should. Almost two hours. Almost two hours. <laughs> we might have to split this one into two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, it's been yeah, great talking to you. Yeah, and thanks for having me in your house. Of course. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.